Welcome everyone to this episode of Palmetto Guardian. Today we will be talking about our early Christmas wish list as well as the engineers. Welcome everyone, I'm Specialist Chelsea Baker. And I'm Specialist David Erskine. And if uh, you hear any noise in the background of this video, it's because the museum's doing some work downstairs. Yeah, they're um, always doing work. They're always doing work. They're very busy. They're very busy. There's a lot of stuff to work on in the museum. Um, like the studio. <laughs> um, so, you know, obviously we, we uh, I. Uh, uh, we. I really feel like it should be I, but I no. guess technically it's we. We, uh, <laughs> we put this together because I, uh, I watched other podcasts and stuff and people were just doing it in front of blank walls and green screens and stuff without actually green screening anything out and i was like you know i just don't like that i was like we need a little something a little something more we got to be a little bougie we got to set ourselves apart from all the other that's right we got to lead we got to lead from the front because that's what south carolina national guard does (laughs) and um so you know we built this but you know we're we're still looking to improve it yes um we definitely need a new table the tables it's it's worked so far but once we get all of our new equipment hopefully fingers crossed even yeah every week everything so uh, let me let me i don't want to it's not hopeless um it's uh it's i'd actually like to thank staff sergeant parsons over in dol um she has been excellent with helping me kind of walk through the process and make sure i have you know everything together in pr and um I can't believe I'm going to do this in public, but I'm going to I'm going to thank staffs our, our sergeant first class cash and also, um, it's not, I just picked you know he was my NCOIC when I was over in Pad, but he's he also helps me through the process of getting the PRs and all that stuff in. So we do we do have some new new equipment coming, yes. uh, mics and stuff like that, and for those folks that have had some issues with our audio levels or whatnot and in and out and being quiet and whatever else, hopefully that'll that'll help fix some of that. Um, in the long run yes, and we're not blinded by it we know that there's a problem <laughs> we're trying to fix it i promise we're trying <laughs> we've tried a couple things and i and in all honesty we, we probably could um put a little bit more time into the audio editing and stuff like that and running it through some filters and and whatnot but it still doesn't always sound right, sound right. And, and just to be honest with you i mean we're we're tearing through podcasts left and right i mean faster than we can get them done somebody else is saying hey we want to come uh do another one which i mean that's that's no excuse but this is still a new new thing to us so we're trying to figure out our our processes and um we thought we were going to go from like we went from once a month yeah originally this was a once a month plan yeah so we figured we would have had more time to get everything put together but once we shot that first podcast we literally went to every single week and and then it was like okay well we have one podcast scheduled for this week and like okay so we have all we you know kind of work around it and get the stuff together and then all of a sudden we're shooting three or four podcasts a week with interviews and stuff and i mean we're i mean we're banking footage at this point in time and and trying to figure out i mean we, we had a half a meeting the other day with everybody just figuring out where we we're going to plug and chug you know what people in on what dates and stuff like that but anyway back to the studio and the set because <laughs> that's really what i want to talk about um is you know at some point in time we would like to upgrade this yes i mean i did a pretty good job on this set um, don't let him fool you 
there was just as much blood, sweat, and tears as mine put into this set as it was yours. I don't see how standing over in the corner drinking water or barking orders at me counts as blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> No, no, she, I, I had her, she was staining and everything else like that. Actually, I, uh, actually, I probably had the easier job. All I was doing was cutting and laying out and then, um, she was going back and yeah, putting everything. Thing. I tried to help beyond, but you would not let me cut the wood. You wouldn't let me drill anything. And I know how to do that stuff, but you just wouldn't let me do it. So, I mean, that's kind of your fault in a sense. There's just certain body parts. I was in fear of losing like a finger <laughs> or a hand from, I've seen you handle stuff up here and i'm not saying anything bad against you baker but um a little clumsy you haven't seen me doing crafts and stuff i've made pallet signs i've made i made my headboard that's made out of pallets which is basically the same thing as this that poor headboard (laughs) everybody loves that headboard i don't want to hear you talk about this um yeah i'm I'm not oddly enough i'm not much of a woodworker um I have I did build the the cat tower. That's pretty cool. I think we should post a picture <laughs> of it the podcast. Of the cat I'm castle. Really that thing is pretty cool. Literally we have one cat. And you could probably have ten on that thing. Yeah, it take it takes up like half half just a whole wall down one side. Um I went a little overboard, but uh it's like three tiers on one side and then there's like literally a forty foot like suspension bridge that runs to another section that so I'm she definitely impressed. <laughs> Very impressed because uh, I would have never thought of doing anything like that. Yeah, you can't that's what happens when I get bored and I got a little bit of time to do something, it gets gets hectic um but yeah we, we definitely would like to expand the studio and 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 put something in here a little bit nicer um which works out great because uh we got some people to do that type of stuff yes we do <laughs> <laughs> not us no. um but the, the the south carolina national guard does um we have an outstanding engineering corps here in south carolina and they've um they've been recognized and noticed multiple times over the years and uh they work extremely hard Mm -hmm. and we are fortunate enough to have somebody to come in and talk to us a little bit about the the new engineering um brigade brigade that's uh coming to south carolina yep it's exciting hopefully we can squeeze in some requests while he's here <laughs> we have a list ready for him of, yeah, yeah engineers. for the engineers if you're watching or listening be, on, be prepared for our request if you see a bunch of pallets show up at drill and they're like hey we're gonna do a table this weekend <laughs> know where it came from yeah so I'm, we're excited to have uh, our guests today talk about the engineers so today we have Lieutenant Colonel Teddy Call, the Brigade XO with the 117th Engineer Brigade. That's so, correct. <laughs> how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. So could you uh, talk to us a little bit about the new brigade that's been set up for the engineers? Sure. So the 117th Engineer Brigade uh, is standing up right now. We have an E-date, uh, which means our actual federal date uh, to go live will be uh, September of 2020. Uh, we've asked to go ahead and begin that stand-up process, activation process. And this brigade will eventually uh, be the home of about 1,650 South Carolina Guardsmen. So we'll have under us, we'll have the 122nd Engineer Battalion uh, headquartered in Edgefield and also the 178th Engineer Battalion headquartered in Rock Hill. Those two battalions make up about 1,800, I'm sorry, 18 units. 
uh, with about 1,500 soldiers. Additionally, we'll have an 18-man uh, explosive hazards containment cell, the 710 EHCC, uh, now headquartered in Conway. That's a division asset with an 05 command uh, that goes in and is uh, for the division, coordinates any explosive hazards in, the, in their area of operation, and, and so yet another engineer task. And so that's why it falls under the engineer brigade. So where exactly is the brigade going to be located at? Yeah, the brigade will be headquartered in Newberry, okay. and it's a 129-person uh, brigade, uh, consisting of everything from clerks to finance officers to surgeons, uh, and of course uh, engineers, not just 12 Bravos, but we have 12 hotels, which are construction supervisors, 12 Charlies, which are bridge crew members, and also 12 Yankees geospatial engineer, and 12 Tango, which is a survey engineer. So kind of a full gamut of the engineer capabilities of our state uh, headquartered there in Newberry. Now, um, <clears throat> when you say engineers, a lot of people, uh, and maybe even some people in the military don't really understand that term. Um, um, a lot of people in civilian worlds obviously think of people drafting up architectural buildings and stuff, but our engineering groups, uh, very diverse as far as what the engineering career field covers. So could you talk a little bit? I mean, I don't sure. say name out every MOS, but. <laughs> no, absolutely. So uh, we have 12 Mike, which is the firefighter, which falls under engineers. So uh, these are firefighters that go uh, through training and they gain what's called an FSAC uh, accreditation, an International Firefighter Safety uh, accreditation. Uh, so these guys can work, guys and girls can work at any fire department really in the nation. Uh, primarily focused on aircraft fires here in South Carolina. So typically they'll be teamed with airfields and, and Air Force or aviation assets through the Army. Uh, 12 Tango, as I mentioned before, survey and design. So these are the folks that you see out beside the road with the tripod looking through the uh, the device downrange to make sure the points are, are laid out properly. 12 Yankee, as I, as I said earlier, this is our newest MOS in the state and the one we're most excited about, geospatial engineering. This is a mixture of uh, military intelligence and engineering. So these are the men and women who will look at uh, GIS information and they'll determine for a commander, this is where you need to have your landing site. This is where the best place for a sniper to hide. This is where you want to be to get to cover quickly. So they can actually look at imagery uh, from UAVs or satellites and better help the unit survivability, uh, which is one of the core missions of engineers, uh, help a unit survivability on the battlefield. So very, it requires a top secret security clearance and it's, it's a tough school, 10 weeks of basic training, 20 weeks of AIT. Uh, so we're, we're excited about it. We, we haven't had this MOS. And in addition to that, we have the 125 Delta Warrant Officer, who is the Geospatial Warrant Officer. So we're looking to take some NCOs, convert them to 12 Yankee, get them some experience, and then convert them to Warrant Officer. So there's some d very uh, profitable career paths uh, laid out through this. So there's some opportunity, folks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you've been looking, been thinking, there's some opportunities. 
Yeah, and that's the thing about a new brigade is, uh, you know, there is opportunity there. There's, uh, we're not looking to break one unit and steal all the, the engineers from one or the two battalions. We're looking for those people who want to be a, an engineer warrant officer, a 120 alpha, because maybe they work construction on the civilian side and have that uh, skill set, and we can then bring them over, get proponent to bless off on their packet, and, and help them become a warrant officer. Um, you know, the brigade has a plans and design cell. So these, these will actually be school-trained engineers from the civilian side who are guardsmen uh, who will be designing infrastructure. We're, we're working now to develop a partnership uh, with Puerto Rico so that we can continue to help the island uh, recover and improve their infrastructure. And so we want to be part of that uh, plan, and we want to be the plan and design cell that does that. So we've... Uh, began that coordination already. We may never go to Puerto Rico. They'll send us a project they want us to look at. Um, but then again, we may. It may be that we develop a project and they need a uh, cement team. And you know what? We have a cement team, 12 victors over in Batesburg. And we can send that nine-man, nine-person cement team down to, to help fill out the plan that we also build at the brigade. So uh, there's a lot of different parts and pieces to the engineers in South Carolina. Of course, 12 Bravo, combat engineer, and that's what everyone thinks of. Uh, and, and we're not your professional engineer, school trained civil, mechanical. Some of them are. Uh, however, what we are, we're an Army combat engineer. So we, we do everything from horizontal construction, vertical construction, demolition, uh, we blow a lot of stuff up. Uh, we we can build some decent bridges, um, but we can blow some things up pretty easily. So, uh, you know, we're we're the commander's asset on the battlefield. We're there to improve his mobility, survivability, uh, so that he can conduct and complete his mission or her mission. So, um, so. speaking of missions and <clears throat> things of that nature, I think uh, a lot of people don't realize it on our disc emissions or our, our natural disasters. There's no group maybe in the state that puts in more work and more hours than the, the engineering. I'm glad you recognize that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, because they're, they're there day one and they're there last day, usually in some right. capacity. So with this brigade coming in and, and this, how is that gonna, is that going to, I guess, offer you know better mission capabilities when we have these natural disasters? It will. It'll allow us to to have an engineer cell at the jock, uh, so that we'll be a part of the planning from the beginning. We'll have people who are from the brigade that know the capabilities of all of our uh, MOSs and the units in the brigade, and be able to better uh, detail those units to locations to help. Uh, the civilian population at that time. I tell everyone the combat engineer is the Army's Gerber tool. You know, we do everything. And, and if it's something we're not maybe trained to do, we're looked at to figure it out and do it because we're the critical thinker. And uh, we might not always look pretty doing it, you know, uh, but uh, but we, we are the critical thinkers, and uh, we tend to find unique ways to accomplish the mission sometimes. Uh, you know, I think back to my deployment uh, to Iraq, 0304, we're in Fallujah, and uh, then Company C, 122nd Engineers, now what is 1221st Engineers. Um, you know, we were made the uh, 
civil military operations team in the city of Fallujah. So we ran all infrastructure. And, uh, you know, as a new lieutenant, previous NCO in the infantry, now an engineer lieutenant, I was put in charge of water and sewer for a city of 250,000 people. Short of about a two-hour class in hydrology and <laughs> officer basic course, I really knew nothing about water treatment facilities and, and that kind of thing. But, you know, we were able to figure that out and ended up uh, improving the infrastructure there, which therefore improved the, the quality of life for the, the civilians, non-combatants of the area. And, and it kind of eased our uh, stressors in that environment because we were making life better for the population. Uh, so we're, we're expected to uh, to come up with those innovative ways to get things done. And again, I, I tell, I've spoken at 12 Bravo graduations, and I tell everyone, you're now the Army's Gerber tool. You know, when there's something that's got to be done, they're going to pull you out of the pouch, throw the, the, the issue at you, and expect you to fix it. That's like when I was an MP, the running joke was MP doesn't stand for Military police, it stands for multi-purpose, so it's kind of the same thing That's in right. a sense. That's right. Um, along with the with that, the, another big thing that I guess our engineering groups are involved with, we, we do a lot of, uh, I guess, training exercises, not just stateside, but we're, we're worldwide on That's this. That's right. Like, they know us in different area codes and stuff, as it were. Um, what type of does that have being able to I guess have a brigade level now for for those type operations sure so uh, as I mentioned before we're looking at a partnership with Puerto Rico to help with that there will be you know points where we have to send people down and have coordination visits and things like that uh, you know we've built bridges in Romania in the last five years we've been parts of multinational exercises uh, in about 12 days a majority of us in this new brigade are going to be heading to Jordan uh, to take part in a 23-country multinational exercise. Um, we are uh, looking to never, I don't want to say never, we are looking <laughs> to limit the number of ATs we do in the state. We're looking to limit the number of ATs we do in the states. Uh, we think that there's a direct correlation into building and a training plan that looks out two, three, four, five years down the road, and every year you're building to a culminating exercise, uh, maybe with a partner nation or with an active duty component, and hopefully that's outside of the country, so that helps with uh, extensions and reenlistments and retention of our personnel, because we are investing a lot of uh, dollars and training time into our personnel, and we want to keep them. Uh, we've got good people in the South Carolina Guard, and so we want to keep them in. And we think the way to do that is to have engaging training that gets them to see parts of the world that maybe otherwise they wouldn't see, and not necessarily always in a combat zone. So, you know. Um, I know, I know. <clears throat> excuse me. Another group y'all work with a good bit is the uh, State Partnership Program, working with the Colombian Army. And That's their, correct. Their engineering group. Um, have you had any interaction or availability in, into that, and how that? We have. Uh, so, in fact, uh, today, uh, General Owens and Colonel Fowler are in Bogota with the Colombians, uh, and Colonel Fowler's the brigade commander, uh, and so they're making that new coordination with him as, as the new brigade commander coming in. 
so that we can continue to foster that relationship. Uh, they've attended our castle rallies uh, annually, the engineers in the state, the Palmetto chapter, the Army Engineer Association hosts an annual castle rally. And it's a military ball uh, with uh, military members, spouses, and uh, you know, Army band, the whole deal. And it's a night of recognition for our engineers who have achieved, uh, in some cases, lifetime awards. And in other cases, you know, they've, they've maybe won a competition within the last year and they're being recognized. Typically have a, a renowned speaker uh, that comes in uh, from somewhere in the nation. And uh, this year we've got the Deputy Chief of Engineers as well as a uh, award-winning author who's going to come in, Andrew Carroll, will be here and uh, is actually providing NCODP ODP for all Guards members that uh, want to attend on Friday uh, the 2nd, tomorrow, uh, here at the TAG Auditorium. So so we try to, to build a good event uh, to get the families involved, but also recognize our achievements over the year. Um, kind of back to the, you mentioned achievements and, and kind of back to the natural disaster stuff, but I don't know if everybody realized like this last storm we had this past year, like our engineers got a lot of um, appraise. Absolutely. For the stuff, I mean, even the U.S. Army Corps of Engineer folks came down, like active duty people were coming down. Checking. Chief of Engineers, right. I mean, four-star, right. General Seminite. Um, you mind I, telling us, I guess, a little bit about why they were so interested in our engineers at that point in time? Of, of sure. The, the, the mission, the primary mission that the engineers had were, was to keep um, mobility operations open for the uh, town and the area of Myrtle Beach. Uh, due to flooding, uh, Myrtle Beach was almost cut off from Conway, and there was no way in or out between Georgetown and Conway. Myrtle Beach almost became an island uh, during this time had it not been for the 178th engineers and the 122 engineers uh, and leadership as well, uh, moving and working with DOT, working with uh, the power companies there in the area, uh, as well as the Corps of Engineers to ensure that flooding didn't escalate to a point where they were totally cut off. So that, that, that got a lot of recognition. The president came to see what was going on as well. And uh, those men and women of the, those two battalions did, a, did an excellent job representing one, the guard, but also showing what the citizen soldier is all about. So. Yeah, I was fortunate enough, I say fortunate enough, you hate to be involved in anything like that, but I was able to go down there while they were actually working in that area and take some photo and video and stuff like that. And I mean, these, these folks were, they, they were, they were busting rear ends down there. It's a hard, dirty business. But. Yeah, you, you don't think about it. If you, you watch it from a distance, you're kind of like, oh, look, they're filling bags, bags of dirt. Or, or yeah. putting, you know, blockades in place, whatever. But when you get down on the ground, I mean, these guys. The gang of gals were, were, were tired, they were, they were hot, and they were working long days, and none of them were complaining, none of them were stopping. Well, I, I think all citizen soldiers at, at that point in time realize why they joined the Guard. And it, it's not so much, yes, we'll answer the nation's call, but it's also to respond to our neighbors and to help our state improve. So I think it's that. That's the realization that you come to during a disco event is, you know, this is why I'm in the guard. This is why I'm not in the reserves. This is why I'm not on active duty because I can make a difference where I live. So, um, Now, with, with all this, and obviously y'all are 
brand new. Sure. I mean, like super new. Um, what's what's kind of your your hopes and dreams, as it were, right now to to where you want to take this thing with the yeah. So uh, along with Colonel Fowler, I mean his his motto is be the best, and uh, so our our actual brigade motto is over the top. And that came from a story uh, of the Battle of Sandy Hill in World War One. There was a 117th Engineer Regiment from South Carolina, part of the 42nd Infantry Division um, in Europe. And uh, the, the quote in the book said, at the Battle of Sandy Hill, the engineers went over the top, meaning they came out of their trenches, conducted their sapper task, and then fought on as infantry, which was their normal activity. And so from that, we got over the top. And, of course, the response to that has to be fight on. So uh, that's our salute uh, and response by our officers is fight on. So, so we, we hope and we are planning to be the best brigade, not only in the state, um, but we want to be the go-to engineer brigade in the nation. So we want to build a, a, a team that's committed to that, that knows what hard, dirty work is, and we'll continue to do that. So that's good. Yeah. Go, go play in the dirt, as it were. <laughs> that's right. Um, you know, that's that's another career we were talking earlier. Twelve November, equipment operators. Um, you know, met with uh, the the association of uh, asphalt pavers. And they're trying to, to build a network throughout the state to provide enough workers to uh, all these paving companies that are out there. And what those are are 12 Novembers. It's people who can run a dozer, who can run a pan, who can run a, a, a excavator or a roller. Uh, and so they those jobs on the civilian side directly correlate to the jobs in the military that we have in the engineers. And so we're hoping to you know, increase our employment and then do away with underemployment of our soldiers. And we think we can do that as, as well as building these civilian relationships. And, and so that's a job market out there that pays really well, good benefits, and you can use the skills that uh, the military has trained you for to gain that civilian career. So obviously if you're not in the military and you're listening to this, obviously get in touch with a recruiter. But if somebody is already in and they want to, I guess, find out more about y'all and what sure. y'all are doing uh recruiter somebody with y'all that they could get in contact yeah with. i mean they can contact me 803-667-2065 and your voicemail just filled yeah, out yeah <laughs> that's the uh, that's the former recruiter in me coming out but uh yeah myself or uh Soon to be Sergeant First Class Trevor Dean is our readiness NCO. Okay. Uh, Sergeant Major Michael Cook, who just left the AGR section, is our operations NCO. So right now we're the three full-timers standing this unit up. Uh, as I mentioned, Colonel James Fowler, uh, you know, any of us will be more than happy to help any soldier that wants to come to us. Uh, we'll do an interview, find out what your line scores are, especially if you're you're on the fence of whether or not you want to extend and stay in. You know, if you're coming to the end of your first term of enlistment and you're thinking, you know what, I came in as an 11 Charlie, and and that's just not the career I want to continue doing. Uh, I'd really have an interest in, in maybe doing one of these engineer careers. Then let's talk. Let's. Uh, the state does have a policy that if you're 
looking to extend and it's the difference of you going to a new job or getting out, we're going to let you do the new training and, and do the new job as long as you have the line scores to do that. So uh, there's also a small bonus with that, with the MOS change. So oh, yeah. so there's always a, there's always some little incentive tied to that. So that is a little nugget on yeah, the back. Yeah. yeah. So you know, come come play with the cool kids and uh, go go to neat places, and um, and learn a new job that can help you in the civilian world as well. Yeah. I'm glad that we keep like hitting on that because obviously we had the tag and start major in here talking about retention and we've had recruiters and a lot of people I think don't know who to ask or what to ask. Um, I mean, when I enlisted, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about being an MP, so it was nice that someone kind of saw my potential, gave me advice, and led me in the right direction. Sure. So having you come here, sir, and talk to us about this, I'm hopefully this reaches out to a lot of soldiers who are at that point and on the borderline and can say, hey, maybe it might be something I'm interested in. And because I, we were talking about engineers the other day, and I was like, I had no idea that. It involved all these different types of jobs and sure. how you guys mesh into one. And um, I mean, the bridging unit, I've never been able to go see it, but I've seen like the photos that some of our guys You're missing out. I know. <laughs> I've been to the combat um, reclass. That was awesome. Yeah. I got some uh, sure. good footage of that. So I think that. I mean, where else can you go to get paid to be on the lake, yep. in a boat, <laughs> you know, floating around, driving around? You know, Strom Thurmond Lake yeah. out there on the border of uh, South Carolina and Georgia. Mm -hmm. hey, it's a great area. It's a great environment. But, you know, again, that mobility mission of the engineers, you know, they're providing that linkage between you know, a wet gap crossing so that the combat co uh, commander can get his uh, troops, his vehicles, or his supplies uh, across to where he needs to, he or she needs to go. So, I mean, it's a great job, and, and again, you get to be on a boat. I mean, we don't have we don't have uh, water skis or ropes, but we have boats and life jackets. So, yeah, yeah so they uh, mentioning them too. Um, they kind of back to the storm thing last year, but they got some recognition during the storm. Uh, we had people actually coming down to watch them because. They were actually going to apply the uh, the bridging in like a swift water right. situation, and I, I think they would said you know they'd never really actually seen a real world application of this, and I right. think like NGB and stuff is that am, that's am correct. correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, they were doing conducting ferry operations to get some emergency vehicles uh, from the mainland in Georgetown to uh, some of the outlying areas of Georgetown that had been cut off uh, due to the flooding. So. They were able to use their uh, bridges and bridge boats uh, to make that happen and move uh, some EMS equipment as well as some construction equipment across that wet, gra wet gap. Uh, in addition, they worked with DOT at the same time putting up uh, water barriers in the Georgetown area. So, the, again, multifaceted, uh, critical thinkers, problem solvers. So. I think as we talk about this, I think the coolest thing that's kind of coming to me about this career field is is um it, it's a it's a career field where you're actually going to do your job and you're going to do it multiple different ways that's right it, it's never you could be stateside here you could be in uh training you could be part of an spp you know teaching type sure. situation or whatever um so if you're definitely if you're somebody who's thinking well you know i don't necessarily do what i was supposed to do on drill or whatever if you got that feeling you shouldn't but if you do obviously this is you know 
prime opportunity. Prime opportunity because y'all really are y'all are y'all are exercising every little component of yourself. That's right. All over the place. Yeah, and you know, there's nothing better than doing an AT. You know, I was a company commander of the 1223rd Engineers, uh, then out of Somerville, now in Walterboro. Uh, we went to El Salvador two years in a row, and we built medical clinics and refurbished schools. And, and to see, you know, kids seeing a playground being built, something we, we take for granted, uh, or opening a clinic that had been closed for a couple years in an area, remote area, uh, allowing medical care to get to people. I mean, there's just nothing better. You know, you it is cool. I will tell you, I was infantry for 12 years. It is cool to go shoot stuff, blow stuff up with mortars, you know, shoot and drive Bradleys. All that is awesome. But at the end of that AT, you can't really go look at that target and look down range and see. But as an engineer, when you get done with AT, you can look at a road that was built, a school that was remodeled. You know, you can you can go to a local armory and see office space that was build in that armory you can see where our electricians went in and put in energy efficient lighting and you know, there's always a mark when the engineers leave almost always that's a good thing <laughs> um, but uh but no it, it's it's really uh it gives value to what you do so when you can leave an at and look back and say wow we we did some pretty awesome stuff and the proof's there and you know that you know, I remember building signs for other units. We would lay the bricks and, you know, they would design what they wanted and, you know, build the sign that goes inside the brick and, you know, build a nice sign for a unit so the unit could continue to take pride in what they were doing. Uh, we were able to help with that. So it, it's it's great when you can look back and see you, you've accomplished something. Oh. That, that sounds great. Um, I think y'all should come leave your mark here on the studio. Um, <laughs> I really want an infinity wall for the blue screen, ah, green screen. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I can we need a new table. A new table. table. I mean, can we put in orders now? Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, feel, I feel like we have the best person here for, yeah. for this situation. So, you know, start collecting some pallets, and uh, we'll, we'll reuse that wood, repurpose that wood, and we'll make you a, uh, a, a nice, uh, nice table. So. Okay, all right. That sounds great. You know, you, you, you laugh, and I talked earlier about our castle rally, but the 1223rd engineers last year built a castle podium wow. for so that we would have it for engineer events. Yeah. I mean, it's that kind of capability. We have those carpenters, those electricians, plumbers, equipment operators. We have the people that can do all these different jobs. And Yeah, now, I, I had a little personal story into this. My, uh, my stepfather, construction, okay. he worked... Uh, for Department of Corrections, and he owned his own company. Uh, at the ripe old age of 12 years old, I got introduced to construction work. Uh, I knew immediately this was not for me. Um, <laughs> we started out doing roofing. And I will say this, uh, my, my watching my stepfather, this is a group of people who who work hard. Like, they, that's just the way they are. That's right. They, it, it's just something in them. Like, when you do that, people who do it generally love it. And they... I mean, he's, God, what is he? He's almost 70 now, and he's still doing it. Right. Like, he's still remodeling bathrooms sure. and stuff for people, you know? So, I have a lot of respect for that career field and, and what goes into it. Yeah, and I will tell you that our combat engineers and all our specialty engineers are no different. They, they work hard, but one of the things, you know, we always talk about a work-life balance. We work hard and we play hard. We do have a good time doing what we do. Um, and I, and I, 
I've seen that more in the engineers than, than maybe other MOSs that we know how to get a job done and we know how to let our hair down, so to speak, when it's over. Uh, so take a lot of pride in our units and, uh, and what we can do. And, and that's probably the same thing with your stepfather is, you know, he takes pride in that work and his ability to do that work. Uh, again, you know, it's, it's not a job everybody can do. So yeah, that's it. Yeah. All right, sir. Well, thank you so much for stopping by and talking with us. And hopefully we'll put some orders in for you guys to get you guys to work. <laughs> yeah, please do. Please do. Thanks for having me. And yep. thanks for uh, asking about the engineers in the state. So. Of course. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you. You know, the the most exciting thing uh, coming out of that, that, that interview situation and being able to talk to uh, Lieutenant Colonel Call is I think we might actually get our table. <laughs> I know. I, I kind of was just like joking around about it, but I think that we can. We're going to do it. I think we are. Yeah. Um, it sounds like they have a lot of really good, talented folks over there. You know, no, all joking aside. Um, super awesome that they're standing up this new unit. Um, and, and like you said, the, the talent pool and and that, that the engineers here have to work off of, and the fact that you know they're going to be you know, very centralized, going to make them more effective in their mission. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a lot easier to get people out and get people in the right positions and the right places at the right time. It's going to be outstanding for the state, um, for the nation as a whole. Um, and like I said, you know, when we're talking with him, engineers work hard. Yeah, they do. They work hard, but they love it. Mm -hmm. They love it. And like I said, my, my stepdad, construction person, whatever, and he's 70-something-odd years old, and he <laughs> – He's still hammering away, killing me. Uh, I had to go help him move a tub, you know. I was like, <laughs> oh, man. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're they an outstanding group of folks. Yeah, and I'm glad that he was able to come in and talk to us about them as well because we've talked about it several times before he came to do sit with us. Um, the engineer corps ha is – such a well-rounded diverse group like you say engineers and you instantly think building and it's not always building and it's not always combat engineers like there's so many different jobs that go into the engineer world and so i think it was very nice that or it was awesome that he came in and was able to explain all those different areas and i'm sure there are more than what he was just telling us so i think that was a good point to touch Yep, and there's obviously opportunity. Yes. There's opportunity. If you're interested, there's opportunity. Um, it's a good job. It's a lot of fun. They, I mean, like you said, if you wanna, if you wanna go all over the place and do all kinds of stuff, I mean, they're the unit that does it. I mean, they're they're definitely hot and heavy, and they're they're constantly on exercises. And like I said, I mean, they're one of the best. They, they and that's that's not just state pride talking i mean we've had the corps of engineers down here watching us during uh natural disasters and the head of engineering is from ngb and all that kind of stuff down here checking it out because the work they're doing was it was cutting edge and 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 once again we were leading the way on it mm -hmm. and so i mean if you just want to be part of this super high speed type unit that um like I says you get to see something when you're done with at you know, and if you're a person that, you know, likes that type of concrete, and I mean, uh, you know, realization that I did my job and here is a structure like a new studio, <laughs> a new studio, um, <laughs> then you might engineering. Just keep throwing those plugs in there. <laughs> That's right. Subtle messaging of studio. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, I mean that that's where you should be. I I that's another point you brought up is I like that he brought up how when you go to drill weekends or to your annual trainings or whatever the case may be, they have something physical there that they can see and they know made an impact. It's just like us. We can physically look back at our photos and look back at our videos and show what our show for what we do. There's not a lot of jobs in the guard, even the military that allows that. Like you might go out in the field and you do all this training, but when you leave, you have nothing to show for it. But for us and for the engineers, it's nice to look back and show that you made a difference and to be able to see how you've impacted what you did. Yeah, and it's it's nice to be able to show your family, hey. And like you said, he, he rides by places, you know, where yeah. he worked before. And like, hey, you know, I, we helped build that building there and stuff. So it's a good opportunity. I, like I said, I can't, I can't speak highly enough about the engineers. They're just, they're on point. They do the job. They get dirty. Mm-hmm. They make it happen. They're you know on the scene early during natural disasters, and they're they're usually way after a lot of people have gone home. So, yeah. kudos to them. Yep. Well, I'm specialist Chelsea Baker, and I'm specialist David Erskine. And we'll catch you in the next episode.